welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I am super excited for several reasons today. Not only do I have two fantastic guests for you, but we are filming in uh, Fajardo, Puerto Rico at the El Conquistador. So it like doesn't get any better than this. So great people, great location, great view. All of it is just amazing. So I want to welcome... Darren and Jody Nepper from Lee Miles Auto Care, and they have two locations. That's right, two locations. There's so much stuff I've got to write it down and make sure. In Reading, PA, as well as Bird's Borough. So, hello. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, Kim. <laughs> Thank you for doing this this morning. And where is Bird's Borough? Let's start with that, because I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Well, I mean, it's such a big, yeah, a big area. How could you miss it? <laughs> yeah. If you're familiar with Reading, like the Reading Railroad, it's above Lancaster, PA, which is kind of straight north and a slightly east of Baltimore. Okay. Um, On it. We're an hour. We're an hour northwest of Philly, and Birdsboro is just a little zip code outside of Reading. So it's our shops are probably 15 minutes apart. That's awesome. We, we can teach somebody something. That monopoly, that that railroad, that is the Reading Railroad, y'all. That is not the Reading Railroad. Oh, so some trivia oh. here. So for everybody that says Reading oh, yeah. Railroad, it's a it's Reading. So yeah, very good. At least I didn't mess that up already, right? So I'm off to a good start. <laughs> so I'm like, yay, I, I'm off. So. Lancaster, I love the food there, and I love the mall. I'm not gonna lie, the mall is like. Go team. It is just fantastic. So I appreciate you agreeing to do this today because you could be laying by the pool or doing one of the many excursions. So are you excited to be here in Puerto Rico? Yeah, we got in Friday, slow rolling it, taking our time, spent what, Saturday at the pool, Sunday at the beach. And we haven't gone far. So it's really it's kind of like, <laughs> We got a little bit of a sunburn now. Oh, Sunburn. We got the base burn out. Okay, got, you got that going because obviously you weren't laying out in Pennsylvania right now trying to uh, make that so happen. So, okay. So, let's. I have a million questions for you because you have a lot going on and so many things. So, let's start with the name Lee Miles Auto Care. Most people, I think, associate Lee Miles with Lee Miles Transmission. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. It is. Yep. It's a, it's a small franchise in the Northeast. I think there's like four. 35 to 40. I lost count where they're at right now. So it's, it's not a big franchise, but Colorado. There's, there's a, yeah, one in Colorado, one in West Virginia, Kentucky, 
Yeah, but they're mostly concentrated northeast. But uh, we like it because it's honestly we do our own thing. It's a franchise. We have a name, but you're kind of independent. We are our own controller. We spend our advertising money how we want it. We we have completely different computer systems than any other Lee Miles. So it's kind of they don't care what we do. So it's really nice. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, I don't think Lee Miles probably nice wants me. to hear that, but okay, so you can just kind of do your own thing and 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 yes, have they it. do. Awesome. <laughs> so one of the things that I think people get hung up on is their name, and they can't do this or they can't service this kind of vehicle or do that because something's in the name. And so Lee Miles is to me synonymous with transmissions, but you do everything at your shops, don't you? Absolutely. It's, Lee Miles started as a transmission franchise. The The story is that Lee Miles um, heard about these newfangled automatic transmissions and decided to make a business out of it. And that really was all that Lee Miles did for a number of years. And I guess it was before we bought. We bought our location in 2007, and the man who owned that location had already started doing general repair. At this point, we do still do in-house transmission rebuilding, but it's 25 to 30% maybe. As transmissions have gotten worse and worse recently, it's actually up to probably 40, 45% of what we do anymore. Other big ticket jobs. So it does take up a bigger, like they're they're expensive anymore. They really are. They are. So yeah, we, we specialize in transmissions. We have guys that it's all they do is we have one guy in the one shop it just pulls transmissions in and out. We have now up to two trans builders. So we, we do that, but they're hard to control. I mean, if you go to ATI and, you know, it's all about, you know, maintenance and general repair and that kind of stuff. It, you can't really control transmissions as much as you can control the other side of it. So that's, we focus on the other side and whatever happens in the transmission world happens in the transmission world is kind of how we, 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 we approach it. So you just made because my heart sing because we had, there's so many people out there saying they can't control anything and they can't control when customers come in, they can't control car count, they can't control all of that. And you have found a way to do that with having that whole side of the transmission world. And yet you're still able to control things and sell maintenance on a regularly scheduled basis and all of that. How did you make that switch to really focusing on that area? I think it's really about process. Um, I would say that the biggest the biggest thing we implemented was the DVIs. I mean, it feels like an era ago, you know, that we started all of that. It seems like old news, but um, it was it was learning to get our people to recognize that that we're here to serve the customer and help them to make educated decisions about their car. And so like this is what we do. It's just what we do. And and by educating them, not, not in a pushy way, but in a, you know, Hey, I want you to know what's going on way. And so I can help you to make a good decision. Then it, it changes the focus, you know, and, and we do the same thing. We approach it the same way educationally with transmission repair. It's just, um, yeah, I mean, transmissions are still worth rebuilding. We, we keep an eye on that, like as parts get so expensive and it's going to cost this much for us to do it versus that much to buy units or the dealers doing this, you know, whatever. We, we still keep track of that and it's still an important piece of, of the pie, but it's possible as fewer and fewer people rebuild and prices get 
more and more expensive. The day could come when it just doesn't make sense to do that in-house anymore, which is why in order to survive, like you need to be thinking several years down the road and, and building for that. So that's what we do. Well, selling, selling general repair and maintenance is honestly, is all about the service advisor. I think the, the Wonderlick test and putting somebody who has the gift to do that in place. To build relationships. To build relationships and actually enjoys doing that job. I mean, I know a lot of shops that stick people in that role that that's not what that person should be doing. It's square peg round holing it. And we learned several years ago that stop fighting that fight. You know, there's a lot of people that can force themselves to do service advising for short periods of time. And can do it, but just hate it, and and they're not happy. So we found that working with uh, Brian and Wonderlick and just weeding through people to find the right ones that this is their gift and their and their and their thing that they can do and do well, and not burn out. You put those people in place with DVIs and and a good you know incentivized comp plan and and tools and like- tools, yeah, and and. You really can. I mean, I think we run a $1,500 ARO. I mean, it's it's something like that. It's You can do a lot of general repair maintenance if you put those things together. You just mentioned so many things that just make me bubble with joy about processes and training and looking for the right person and using your tools and giving them what they need to do. What are some of the traits when you're looking for a service advisor? What are some of the things you're looking for during the interview that tells you this is someone's calling or passion versus trying to put that square peg in a round hole? personalities first you, you gotta you gotta you gotta like people and have the first impression is very important if that person i don't know you walk you walk away with the i like talking to that person feeling or the openness it, that's rule one if you don't have that it's very hard to go to the next step of you know you can't put a um, cold person that can sell that could work, but let's start with the first impression. And then after that, then we go Wonderlick. You know, we start going through the, is this really who you are? Are you just selling us and not really, you know, is this who you are? So anyway, that's where we start is do, do you have that likability factor when we first meet you? What do we think of you in the first 15 seconds we met you, you know? And that's that's what the customers is going to feel too. So, and then it's Wonderlick, then it's, money and you know you work your way down the line but for us that's kind of where we start and it's not really about cars either you know i mean is it is it great for them to have some foundational car knowledge it definitely, yeah. ha- definitely helps yeah, definitely it helps. does it makes a lot easier it's a lot faster curve you know but the the people skills are so much more important and and an intelligence factor you know head heart and hands can they do it do they want to do it and you just look for some raw, raw ingredients, I guess, you know. Having that right person is so important in, in all of the positions, because when someone's in a position that they shouldn't be, it makes life miserable for them and every person around them. It's almost like a cloud. It affects everything. So that's fantastic. Amen. So process. Well, and it's, it's also, I think we also spent a lot of, a lot of years 
thinking that there was one personality type and, and we wanted them to be easy to manage. You know, we had had some that were not easy to manage and we weren't up to the challenge in our early years. And so we shied away from really strong personalities. And I think at this point, we're kind of like, you know what? This is our business. This is who we're about. This is, this is what we're about. And um, you want to be on the team, then you got to be on the team. You know, and so we've we've started learning to help people work toward a common vision. And it's not as much about a specific personality. I think Brian probably convinced us. He said recently, so would you rather bridle a racehorse or saddle a donkey? Because you're going to work just as hard for both. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's very important. I mean, you're going to wear yourself out whipping the donkey trying to get it to go somewhere versus just trying to steer a racehorse. So it's it, it kind of once you start looking at it that way it's like yeah this person's safe this person's manageable but we ain't getting anywhere you know and yeah they come in and show up on time and and they do on checking the boxes but their sales skills aren't there or they're you know so would you rather find somebody who's just high energy hard to control but man they get on the phone it's crazy you know so it's it's just how you look you start looking at things and as your business matures and as you go through people when you learn the spot what fits what what the true service advisor is you see it you know it it's like just walking around here even it's like we run this people that wait in your tables it's like yeah i'd hire that one <laughs> we you know, do that a you're lot. playing that game all the time it's like nah, nah and it's just oh look that one gets it <laughs> let's go hire that one we did that actually we went to a 20 group meeting um in baltimore with our with our old 20 group and the server was like just spot on oh, like it's just, just kicked it's it. awesome and so like we started asking him some questions and like halfway through the dinner we're like hey hey you need to hire this kid <laughs> so so they start talking and guess what happened no yeah, kidding like three weeks later I'm working for him yeah and it was a good hire that's awesome and it is important to look everywhere you go for potential somebody new for your team because we we do come across people that really wow us and it doesn't matter that they don't know how to work on cars and they don't know anything about the industry it's always the people first and then we can re- give them the resources and the training that they need so that's fantastic that you're kind of eyeing up everybody when when all the places you go I love that <laughs> something else we started doing the last year that's really changed how we hire is instead of just running to indeed or whoever and just throwing an ad out, we do a brainstorm session. We take a week. This is what we're looking for. Who pops in your mind out there? That is that who impresses you. And, you know, it may not be today, but tomorrow, you know, like one of our, Hey, I know a guy, you know, it's like people chew on it. It's like, who, 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 is impressing you and then you, you know, and then let, let's go get them. So that's what we've done the last couple. And it's worked like, you know what you're getting. You have seen them in action. You've interacted with them probably like a parts counter somewhere else. It's like who, especially if things went sideways, like if you got a chance to see somebody work in that kind of situation, you know, that they, that they care that they got skills that, you know, they're going to make things happen. It's just decreasing your odds of failure. It's like, because you've seen them, you know what they are. Even, our, even like we're looking for a marketing person right now. And it's like, who, 
who out there has it that you've run into? And, you know, we actually had a customer, you know, seven, eight years ago that we were like, wow, that girl is something. I mean, she sold plumbing products like door to door. Yeah, like toilet seats. And yeah. Wow. Door and it's to like, door. Where's she, where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at? So we found her on, I mean, found her on Facebook. I think we're talking to her next week. It's like, that's start there versus going and spending all the money on Indeed or and we still and, have and, indeed budget. And you never really know what you're going to get. Is this person just very good at interviewing and pulled the wool, you know, and playing that game? And so it's like we always we start starting with let's brainstorm and steal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you keep a list? I know there's some people that when once they make their list of what are we looking for in a person and during the interview, they'll actually like start checking off. You know, they smiled a lot. They were bubbly. They were whatever. And, and, and they check it off during the interview or do you just kind of wing it? Wow. That's really formal, but no, we wing it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and winging works too for some people. I just, it always amazes me like the different interviewing styles that people have and how they do it. And, and obviously whatever you're doing is working because you're having to find people for two stores. So speaking of race horses and people with energy, Obviously, the two of you might have a little bit of that because you have two locations. So how did you decide to go to two locations and oh, what prompted that's that? That's a story. <laughs> anyway. I, I don't know if we decided to go to two locations. It became inevitable. Yeah, it became just a, yeah, that's going to happen. Part of the franchise is, is the guy that, okay, we bought our business in 07 from 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 a gentleman who had he's been doing this a while he owns a couple buildings and rents them back out for shops and well we, we bought our business from him he turned around because the economy took took a, a bad turn and bought the franchise so now he owned he was the franchisor of lee miles and he was across the street from us so then he turned it all around and he sold it again to another guy locally who became the franchisor probably four or five years ago or six years. And then after that happened, those two couldn't get along at all, like oil and water. So the guy we bought our business off of when he sold the uh, corporately miles retained the area developer contract, which basically means you share some of the franchise fees in exchange for helping out support, supporting the shops in your area. So he comes over to us and says, uh, you're buying this. I'm like, what? No. 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 He goes, I can't. Me and him, we can't work together. I want nothing to do with Lee Miles anymore. You guys are buying the area developer contract from me. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't cheap either. I mean, it was a decent amount of money at the time, but. But it, it was an opportunity. So we're like, yeah, I mean, place. this is a good thing. I mean, you know, you you know, five, six years from now, I get it all together, you know, get half everybody's franchise fees, go around, visit, help them out, you know. Okay, okay, fine, we'll do it. And then <laughs> it wasn't two weeks later, to, well, one of the gentlemen who owned one of the shops in our area up in the Poconos died. And then it's like, franchise or come, yo, you want another store? And it's like. I guess so. So we took it over, ran it for a couple of years with a guy we knew up there. It was very hard being an hour and a half away. Never done this before. Our maturity level in business wasn't, we weren't ready for that yet. And so, it was a very, very small location too. Yeah. I mean, it had two employees. It's, it's hard to, you know, you're an owner and not be in it to make it 
to make it make money because it's you're usually somebody contributing. You're just sitting on the side managing people. Anyway, we sold to the guy who managed it, got out of that. And then I don't know, three with or four. some hard feelings. Honestly, yeah. like we didn't ever want to have another location again. We were happy with our one main store. That was enough. We're just going to make it kick butt, and like that's the end of because that. Because it's it, we're, we're transforming it. You know, we're going through ATI over the. You know, I mean, there's so much to do to, to move to move a store. You know, somewhere and go somewhere with it. And then when COVID hit, the other Lee Miles in our area, which has always had troubled ownership, it's been through three or four owners or five since we've had, had ours. So we, uh, it was going away, and he's he was, like, his lease was up, and he was going to close it. And we're like, no. It's like, you're going to buy it from me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So anyway, we fire sailed it. We bought it. We did it. April of 2020. Yeah. So I think the first week we did 700 bucks. COVID. So. But. It, but we were ready now. I mean, yeah. we, 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 we had our stuff together, so to speak. And it went, we had people, we moved people down. We had a great, great service advisor. We stuck down there who, who could do it, do it well, which is what that store has always been missing is somebody that could do that could do it right. Yeah. Create relationships, create relationships, work the process. Yes. And so it's, it's taken off. It's doing very well. I mean, we're, it was an old oil oil quick lube place on one side. So we're trying to put lifts over basements now and, you know, adding lifts and adding things. And pretty soon we'll hopefully tap it out too. But, um, so now we're onto a third. Well, and so that was, that was such a fast learning curve like that. Um, it is. Once you, once you've done the process, you know, when it's time to add techs, you know, when it's time to add service advisors, it's, it's, you just, you just, it just happens a lot faster. The learning curve is there. So it's, it's, once you've divided your attention like that, um, but you're still, it's still, when there are two stores and there's two of us, we're still the backbone of it. You know, like Darren would basically manage most things with the Reading store and I would manage most things with the Birdsboro store and I would stay on site there. He would stay on site in Reading and we were just still so tied to it. But it started having all of these needs, you know, like we needed more help with the back office stuff you know, all of the support, we needed a whole nother layer of, of leadership. And it's hard to afford that on two stores. So that's what's making us go, okay, well, we need a third store now. So we've been looking for actually for a couple of years. And we think we have something now, like, we'll see how it turns out with all the weirdness happening in the banking world. And well, I, I, I kind of stole our second store, this one's going to cost us dearly because mm-hmm. we're built, you know, potentially building it. So it's like, hmm, it sure felt better when you got it for nothing. But. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. There's a, with a lot of lot of aches and pains with many of our uh, people that they build something and all of the things that happen. They're like, this is nothing like when I took over my first shop and they thought it would be different. Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned that you had some learning curves there to have be a multiple shop owner and that you weren't at the maturity level the first time you did it with your business. What, what are some of the things that you feel looking back that we weren't ready because of this and, and now we are? What, what kind of things were you referring to that you weren't at that maturity level? Structure. Uh, defined roles, 
define lanes, job descriptions, trust, faith. It takes a lot to uh, not be the, well, to be the person they come to with all the answers is hard to walk away from. It's hard. It's hard to train them not to come to you all the time for everything that, you know, and it's hard to give up your identity. Like that is, yeah, that is who you, I am. You, I am the answer person. It's, it's very hard to wander around for two months and what the hell am I going to do now? And it's just to get that. It's just changing gears and, and getting into that gear without grinding them, you know, and it's, that's really what did it is, is you've pushed the responsibility down a layer so you can poke your head up and see the big picture and let them do what they do and have faith that they're going to do it and then hold them accountable and have meetings and, you know, all that good stuff. But well, and, and the two of us sadly are both when you wonder lick test us, we're both low trust score. He, he's, he's lower than I am. <laughs> I trust a little bit. He's than he does. <laughs> I think mine was negative. No. <laughs> anyway, like that was a, that was a big deal. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago going to super conference and talking about that, about, about our low trust score. And it was almost a joke at that point, right? Like we had said it to each other so often that like, we're like, Hey, well, we just have low trust score. And we were talking really informally with some other people. I remember Brian Gossel being there and, and saying something like, yeah, we got this low trust score. We got to fight. And he's like, oh, man, you got to get over that. But I'm like, it's who I am. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm and, hanging my hat on that it, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it resonated like it just kept chewing in my mind. Like every time I would think, well, you're doing that because of that low trust score. Like the reality, there's this quote from Mark Twain. Right. And he says, my life has been a series of tragedies, most of which have never happened, right? Like we think that all these really terrible things are going to happen and it seems so real, but like in reality, like the thin slice of what horrible things actually happen, like why would you not just trust and just try something, right? Trust your people, equip your people, trust that you have a relationship that, that they don't want to suck. They want to do great. They care about you, you know, and, and, and move forward, take a step, you know? So there you go. Those are amazing words of wisdom. And I think there's a lot of people that, that once you have a bad experience, whether it's with a a store or an employee or anybody in your family or in-laws or friends or whatever, and you get, have a bad experience, sometimes it clouds everything. And we have to remember that it's not all one thing, like a big kitchen sink and every person, every situation, every day is completely different. And so that's really beautifully advice you just gave for everybody. That's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate both of you being here today and especially taking time out from your vacation because I know there's some of I'm looking out the window at the palm trees and the golf course and the ocean yeah. and all of this stuff. And so I know there's a lot for you to be doing today. So I appreciate both of you taking the time to inspire small business owners and help get them to the next level. And so is there anything you want to share for to close this out? Any words of wisdom or... <laughs> no, Gee. you've already squeezed them all Gee. out. <laughs> no, I, 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 for me personally, it's getting over the fear of talking to other people that 
do this. Go seek people out that, you know, we say our goal is to always be the dumbest person in the room. I mean, that's that's what you need to seek and find with ATI and with Super Conference or wherever you go that's automotive is just try to find the room where you're in the room with people who've already went where you want to go and, and, and spend time with those, those folks as much as possible is, is really because it gives you courage and and faith that, yeah, this ain't so scary. You know, they've done it and you pick up things and take them home and you eventually get there. Well, and we're all just, we're all just everyday people, right? Mm-hmm. Like these people who've done these really great things, they're not superheroes. They just learned some stuff. They had the courage to try some stuff. And like, why can't we do that? Right? Why can't anybody do that? Excellent point. Excellent question for everybody. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I will be seeing you around the resort and hopefully you have your hats for the welcome reception. Tell me you do. Not as great as your hat, Kim. That's impressive. There's there's <laughs> that. Uh oh. What Darren's putting his head down. Do you not have a hat for the welcome reception, Darren? Come see. I think you're looking at it. Here's his hat. Come come see me. Well, I'll hook you up. I I uh I brought some stuff because I have a bet with Ron that I cannot lose. So, <laughs> I, I, so I will I will get everybody uh, fixed up. You'll you'll see with the, with the, this stuff there, and I'll explain to you about what I did to ensure I win the bet because I'm that person. So I like the commitment. Character, so. Yeah. So anyway, everybody, stay safe, make good choices, and stay inspired. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.